Hey, you're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit ktnnaz.org, visit us on Facebook, just search Ketchikan Naz, or you can download our free app from the iPhone store or the Google Play store, just search Ketchikan Naz. Thanks for visiting. Hope the Word of God speaks to you today. Uh, and so, if you are a first-timer here with us this morning, we're really glad you're here. Uh, I'm Peter, and I am the pastor. I'll be preaching to you this morning. If you have a smart device, am I not? Am I on now? I'm on now. Okay. Um, if you have a smart device, feel free to go ahead and um, log on to the Church of the Nazarenes Facebook page. We go live every Sunday morning. And uh, that way, folks who are stuck at home due to the roads or uh, illness can log in and watch uh, the message with us. We love that, being able to share the gospel with as many people as possible. Um, so if you guys have your Bibles, Luke chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible under the seats in front of you, next to you, behind you, diagonal from you, you may grab a Bible and flip to Luke chapter 2. Keep that Bible. If you don't own one, we would love for you to have that Bible to take home with you. Uh, so that you might have the Word of God with you uh, all, all your life long. Today we're going to be talking about dedication. Um, I looked up the word dedication in the dictionary because that is the source of the knowledge for the words. And um, the word dedication has the concept or the idea of devoting yourself to something, right? So if you are dedicated to sports... You spend your time and your energy and your effort in sports, right? And if you are dedicated to, I don't know, name a hobby. What? Stamp collecting. I like that one. Stamp collecting. Then you pursue stamp collecting with your effort and your time and your money and you're on eBay looking for the most elusive stamps that you can find, right? So dedication means you throw yourself into something wholeheartedly. But the original word in the Latin that we get the word dedicate from or dedication from means to consecrate. It means to set something apart and consider that thing holy. Now, in the uh, Old Testament, you read about people dedicating things to the Lord. They would dedicate the temple to the Lord when it was built for the first time or the tabernacle. And they would go and they would pray a prayer of dedication over it. And what they were saying was this space, this Building this, what we're dedicating, is now holy and set apart for the Lord. Okay? And so we are going to look at what it means to have dedication today. Um, and especially on the eve of a new year, we must ask ourselves the question what are we dedicated to? Um, I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. Okay? Let me just state this flat out. This is not a New Year's resolution sermon, okay? Um, because I don't know that that's necessarily biblical. What I'm going to be asking you this morning is what are you dedicated to? What do you consider holy? And are you willing to pursue that with dedication, meaning all of you, for the rest of your life? Today would be a great day to start that kind of relationship with the Lord. I'm going to pray, and then we'll read from Luke chapter 2. Father, this morning, we give you honor and glory and we give you praise for the year 2017. Um, for some folks, 2017 was a great year. Uh, for some folks, 2017 was not a great year. 
So some of us leave 2017 behind going, that was great. I hope 2018 is great too. Some of us leave 2017 behind with some kerosene and a match and say, we're done with that. Let's start over. But Lord, we recognize that you are a God over all things, the past, the present, and the future. You are and were and will be one day to come. And we give you honor and glory for that, that everything that has happened in 2017 and everything that will happen in the future is within your big grasp. We ask that you, in your wisdom and knowledge and love and patience, would redeem the things that need redemption from 2017, that you would heal the hurts and the wounds and restore the relationships. We pray that the things that we hope and dream for in 2018, according to your will, would be done. We give you honor and praise and glory, Father. And as we read your word this morning about dedication, I ask that you would speak to each one of us, that you would work your way into the very depths of our hearts and speak to us about dedication. What are we devoting ourselves to? I give you honor and glory for your word. Speak to us today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Luke chapter 2 um, tells the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, which we have just celebrated Christmas, so we're moderately familiar with the birth narrative of Jesus Christ, right? So he was born in a stable, okay? And uh, he was born to a teenage set of parents who were not yet married, and the, the dad, Joseph, was going to leave Mary because she was found pregnant, and it wasn't his baby, and he was going to divorce her, but an angel said, don't divorce her. Instead, be married to her and commit yourself to this marriage. And so then Jesus was born, and then shepherds came, and wise men came, and the sky lit up with angels, and it was an amazing, amazing moment in human history. The moment when the God of all things wrapped himself in frail human flesh as the itty-bitty little baby and came to earth. That is a significant moment in human history. Now, at the tail end of this narrative, we're picking up in verse 21, chapter 2, verse 21. <clears throat> the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard and all that had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy, shall be devoted to the Lord. And so they offered a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And when he came in the Spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought Jesus into uh, the temple to do for him according to the customs of the law, Simeon took them up in his took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, "Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation." 
that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So there was this prophetess, Anna. She was the daughter of a guy that I can't pronounce. Yeah. We'll call him Fanuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband for seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer every night and every day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to who all were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Fast forward 12 years. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. They thought he was with the group, um, someone else in the group, that they went a day's journey ahead. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. And after three days of searching, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And I just pictured uh, the mother of a teenage boy searching for him for four days. I don't know if astonished is the word that would come to mind. Okay. <laughs> They were astonished, and his mother said, to him, this is a testament to Mary's character, and his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Behold, your father and I were searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I would be in my father's house? That they did not understand what he spoke to them. But he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Um, I, I have been planning this message on dedication for like, I don't know, three months, you know, knowing where I was going to go. And I had this great concept of talking about the dedication of baby Jesus, kind of like, you know, Simba being raised up you know this this pivotal moment you know and as i studied this passage i realized 
this whole narrative that we just read all has to do with the dedication of Jesus. You can't stop at just Jesus coming to the temple when he was a baby and some two turtle doves, right? You have to go all the way through the end of the chapter because you get to see the progress and the, uh, the purpose and the dedication being lived out. And so we're going to take a look at this story in a little more detail this morning, looking at the different characters, okay? There are several folks in this narrative that were dedicated, that showed dedication, okay? And the first of which are Mary and Joseph, right? Mary and Joseph were dedicated um, in the most literal sense of the word. They were dedicated to this idea of having this family. They were dedicated to God and his laws. If you, um, if you look in this passage, um, verse 22, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem, right? So they, as a family, were dedicated to following the laws of God. They were dedicated to their faith. They were dedicated to their Lord. Now, um, they made a sacrifice of two turtle doves or two pigeons. In the law, you guys might not know this, but nugget for you. In the law, that was not the first go-to sacrifice. The first go-to sacrifice for the dedication of a child was a lamb, um, a, a, a beautiful lamb. But if you were too poor to afford a lamb, then you could offer two turtle doves or two pigeons because you could buy two of them for a little coin at the temple, right? So they had very little money. They were very poor, yet they traveled, which would cost them money. They traveled with expense to them to go to the temple to worship the Lord and to dedicate their son to the Lord in the temple. They were dedicated to God and his laws, and they presented baby Jesus, circumcised according to the laws, at the temple for the glory of God, saying, the law says, the first son that opens the womb shall therefore be called holy unto the Lord. So I dedicate, can you picture this? Mary and Joseph have the son of God, Jesus, the Messiah, the savior, baby in their hands, They've never had a baby before. They're practically teenagers. You ever held a baby for the first time and you're like, is it going to break? Okay. So they are holding baby Jesus. They're going to the temple and they present the Lord to the Lord, right? This is a mind-blowing concept, but they're saying God has entrusted us with the care of the Messiah. Therefore, we will give him back to the Lord and dedicate him as holy, and we will raise him by the best of our knowledge to love the Lord and serve the Lord. This is a significant moment in human history. I love doing baby dedications because I love when parents come forward and say, we want to raise our child to love the Lord. We want to tell the church and our family and confirm out loud for ourselves that this baby Though they have free will, we are going to do everything we can to teach this child the paths of holiness. So that's what Mary and Joseph did. They said, listen, this may be the son of God, but we're still parents. We still must teach and train this little baby to love the Lord. They were dedicated to God and his laws. They were also dedicated to this family. Like this was not your typical family. Like I said earlier, an angel had to intervene 
so that Joseph didn't divorce his wife and leave her as a teen, homeless, pregnant girl. That's, that would be horrible for Mary. An angel intervened and said, Joseph, I want you to choose for the rest of your life to be dedicated to this family. I want you to dedicate your love and your attention and your affection and your resources and your husbandness and your fatherness to this family. You might not have chosen this, but I have chosen this for you and for the good of the world. Therefore, be dedicated. Mary and Joseph were dedicated to this family that God has created. Within that, they were dedicated to each other. Can you imagine the chaos of fleeing your nation because your baby might be killed by the king? Can you imagine being teenagers and trying to find a place to live and not quite sure if your family will accept you because your family is shrouded in mystery and people don't believe that your wife was actually pregnant with the son of God because that sounds a little far-fetched. They had to cleave to one another and be dedicated to one another and serve one another for the glory of God and their own well-being. They were dedicated to each other in the midst of the chaos of their family situation. And they were dedicated to raising baby Jesus. Like over and over and over again, we hear that they followed the law of the Lord and every year they went to the temple for Passover. Every year they traveled with their families and with their neighbors and together in this big group they moved from their town to Jerusalem to worship the Lord and glorify God and every year Jesus got to experience a pilgrimage to the temple to see the sacrifices that he would one day replace. To see the people worshiping God and to hear the people giving praises to his father. This was a significant discipleship act on behalf of Mary and Joseph. They were dedicated. Their entire life poured out to this family and this child. So we meet Mary and Joseph and their dedication. But then picture this, okay? You have a baby under a month, okay? Little precious, looks just like you, okay? You're carrying it into the temple for its dedication, okay? And suddenly, some old dude comes up to you, grabs your baby, and says, I've been waiting for this baby. Does that set you on edge a little bit? <laughs> that would set me on edge a little bit, right? Because who are you? And why did you grab my baby, right? But that's exactly what happened to Mary and Joseph, okay? Mary and Joseph come in, and the spirit of the Lord is on Simeon. And he grabs baby Jesus from Mary and Joseph. And he says, I can die happy now because God was faithful to me. He promised me, looking at this baby, he promised me that I would see the savior of the world. And here he is. Now I can die happy. Now the promise is fulfilled. Simeon and Anna, who we'll get to in a moment, were dedicated. So imagine you're six years old. I don't know how old Simeon was when he got the promise. Imagine you're six years old, okay? And God speaks to you and says, 
one day you will see the Savior face to face and you won't die until you do. When you do see him, all bets are off, okay? <laughs> but you'll die happy, okay? And then every morning you wake up and you wonder, is today gonna be the day? Is today gonna be the day? Is today gonna be the day? How many of those, is today gonna be the day, goes by before you start to not wonder anymore, right? Before the excitement wears off, right? It's really exciting at first, right? Because tomorrow is gonna be the day, but it's not tomorrow. That's okay, tomorrow's the next, tomorrow is, a, tomorrow's gonna be the day. Is it three months before you get tired of being excited in the morning? Three years? 30 years? 50 years? How long does the excitement stay in your heart that God has promised you that you would see the Messiah before you die? Simeon, he was a, I don't know, does it even tell us? Anna was 80-something years old. No, Simeon was, he was old. Okay. And old means old, so whatever. Um, he could be 300, we don't know. <laughs> However old he was, okay, he never lost the dedication of excitement. Every single day he was going to the temple and the spirit was upon him and he was devout and righteous and it says he was waiting, dedicated his entire life to waiting for that moment. He was so excited, he would go to the temple every day. Is today the day? Is today the day? Is today the day? And his excitement never waned because he received a promise that he would see the Savior of all of the world. He was dedicated to waiting. Didn't matter how long it would take. His excitement was passionate. He was there, and he was probably encouraging other people because he would go and he'd be like, the Lord promised me. The Lord promised me that I would see the Savior of the world, and one day I will see the Savior of the world with these eyeballs, and it's gonna happen. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen and I'm excited. Can you imagine if we had someone who came to church every day and said, can you believe that the Lord has saved me from my sins? And I love Jesus so much. He could do the same for you. I can't, can I tell you about Jesus? What if people were as passionate and as dedicated about the savior that we have experienced as Simeon was about the savior that he had not yet experienced? He was dedicated to waiting for someone he had not yet even met. He didn't know who that person was gonna look like, but when the Spirit fell upon him, he saw baby Jesus, and he said, that's, that's the one that will die for the sins of the world. That's the spotless lamb. That's the Savior. That's the Messiah for the Jewish people and the Gentiles. He proclaimed in that moment, this is what the world has been waiting for. All people are God's people, and this baby proves it. He was dedicated to waiting. And then there's Anna. We don't know much about her. Just a little paragraph here. She was um, advanced in years. She had had a husband and then been widowed. And then after she was widowed, she spent all of her time at the temple. All of her time. She never left. She spent her time worshiping and fasting and praying day in and day out. Every, I mean, what was her walk with God like? 
Oh my goodness, can you imagine if you spent all day, every day, praying and fasting before the altar of the Lord? And then, when she came up at that very hour, it's not coincidence that Anna happened to wander into the temple. At the same time, the throngs of people were coming for Passover. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming to worship. And yet Anna walks in at the exact moment that baby Jesus is walking in. And they see one another. And she began to give thanks to God. And to speak about Jesus to all the people who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. She spent her life dedicated to her husband. And then when her husband passed away, she was dedicated to serving the Lord, day in and day out worshiping. And because of her dedication to her relationship with the Lord, she was able to see what God was doing. She was able to be so in step with the Holy Spirit that she recognized that baby for who he was. She didn't receive the same promise Simeon did. She was not promised that one day she would see the Messiah, but she was so dedicated to her relationship with the Lord that when the Lord showed up, she recognized who he was. And she said, that's the baby. That's the one who's going to grow up and be the redemption of Israel. All of Israel was waiting for redemption. 400 years of silence between the last prophet speaking and the birth of Jesus Christ. Silence. And out of the silence comes the voice of this dedicated 80-some-odd-year-old woman who says, this breaks the silence. This baby's cry ends everything, changes the world. This is who I've dedicated my life to. This is who you've been dedicated to waiting to. Israel, this baby's it. Dedicated. Mary and Joseph were dedicated. Simeon and Anna were dedicated. And then, I mean, it seems like overkill to say this, but Jesus was dedicated, right? Like his parents brought him to the temple, right? And did the baby dedication thing, right? And they dedicated baby Jesus. And then, like, things continued in Jesus' life because I think there's something really significant about baby dedication. Um, I think that there's something holy about it. Because the parents say, this is our baby. God entrusted this baby to us. I'm going to dedicate this baby to the Lord, meaning we're going to encourage this baby to love the Lord, and we're going to put Bible in their hand when they're little, and we're going to teach them the stories about how God is real and how he works, and we're going to share our stories with them, and we're going to envelop them into this faith community so that they understand what it is to live in fellowship. But then you've you got to be dedicated to that for the long haul, right? You can't just do it in that moment and then never talk about it. Uh, Jesus to Jesus, that didn't work. You could, they didn't talk about Jesus to Jesus. They talked about God to Jesus. That's interesting when you think about it. Um, but we, in this day and age, we teach our Jesus to our children, the stories and the faith and the personal relationship, right? And we do that so that they will continue in that for the rest of their life. So that they would one day choose to be dedicated. And the reason I read through the whole of this chapter is because you see the moment when Jesus was dedicated. And all of the Simeon and Anna stuff that happened. And then you get this passage that says, And the child grew and became strong and filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. 
So this family continued year in and year out. And then he, 12 years later, was teenage, pre-teenage boy, and he hung out at the temple, you know, and his parents were distraught because they didn't know where he was. And he was learning and growing in the temple, and he was teaching in the temple. And here's something so fascinating. When they said, where have you been? We were worried sick about you. Why didn't you text us, email us, call us when you were going to be late? And he did this. I can't like, this is the son of God, Jesus. And it says, and he went with them back to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured that. That's what it says. Isn't that amazing? Like, this is the king of kings, and he's 12, right? And he endured all the things that 12-year-old boys endure, okay? And yet, he was submissive to his parents. This blows my mind. You want to know why? Um, Jesus was dedicated as a baby to the Lord, and his parents raised him to serve the Lord. And he was dedicated from a young age understanding who he was and what his purpose was okay he was the son of god the lamb of god to take away the sins of the world jesus was dedicated to submission he was submitting to his parents right and he was practicing submission to his father right because the law says um in the ten commandments honor your father and mother right and when we honor our father and mother we are actually honoring god the father jesus when he submitted to his father and his mother he was showing that he was dedicated to god and to god's purpose for his life because one day he would ultimately submit to the will of the father when he prayed in the garden of gethsemane and he said i don't want to do this i don't want to go to the cross not my will but yours be done. Submission to the Father. He was dedicated his whole life to submitting to God. And this passage shows us that he continued, twice it says, he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Year in and year out, he grew. He was dedicated to studying the Torah, dedicated to memorizing scripture. And we know that because when his ministry began as an adult and he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted by the enemy of our soul, Satan, he quoted scripture back at the devil. He hid God's word in his heart. He trusted the Lord. He dedicated his life to having a relationship with his father. And he was dedicated to the purpose of his incarnation. The reason he came as a baby, the reason he wrapped himself in frail human flesh was so that he could experience everything humanity experiences, but never once sin. And then he could go to the cross as the spotless lamb and be the sacrifice for the sins of all the world, Jews and Gentiles, so that he would be the redemption of humankind bridging the gap between sinful mankind and a holy God, and he would be the one that grabs the hand of sinful humanity and the hand of a holy God and say, you guys belong together. He was dedicated 
to the purpose of his incarnation. There's so much dedication in this passage. And I have to ask the question, I asked it at the beginning, I'm going to ask it at the end. What are you dedicated to? We live in a world where we dedicate ourselves to a lot of junk, okay? We spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of emotional resource to things that just don't matter, that aren't worth it in the long run. Now, I'm not saying that sports aren't good and that stamp collecting isn't fun, okay? It's great to have hobbies. It's great to do stuff. But if you were to look at the sum total of all of the time and energy and money that you spend, is it dedicated more to one thing than the other? And if so, is that one thing the Lord? Because we are called as people to be holy and set apart. The word of God tells us that we are set apart for his glory. That we are dedicated to him for his glory. That he lives within our hearts and makes us new. And our lives should be spent dedicated to the Lord. For his glory. What are you dedicated to? It's a new year, right? This is not a resolution. This is just a statement of biblical truth. God has saved you from your sins. He has said nothing more than I love you. I redeem you from the life you have lived that was sinful and separate from me. And now I want you to follow me. Dedicate your life to me. Choose me over other things and see where I will take you. There are many ways you can dedicate your life to the Lord. You can choose to follow him for the first time this morning. You can give your heart to Christ. You can be made new and made fresh and your sins forgiven. You can leave this room today knowing that there is no separation between you and God. You can also say, I've been saved from my sins, but I've not lived a life dedicated to Christ. I have let other things distract me and derail me. And I, I'm ready to like, take that serious step and say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be holy. I want to know you more. Join a Bible study or start praying once a day. Um, Talk to someone you know that has a good walk with Christ and say, hey, will you help me stay accountable? Join a small group. They start in, what, two weeks? It's a great way to engage your faith and choose to be dedicated to the one who saved you from death. There's cards out on the table in the foyer. There's a I have decided card. It's a great way to say, I've decided to dedicate my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized or I want to uh, join a Bible study. There are ways you can take the next step to dedicate your life to Christ. So if you, this morning, sense that the Lord is saying, go one step further. Choose to be dedicated. Choose one of those cards out there, drop them in the bin, and we'll contact you. We want to help you live a life of dedication and devotion to the Lord.